Welcome to Experience Evolution from Journey. We'll bring you insights from those in the industry, share discussions on how to best communicate and create memorable experiences for customers, and give you the tools to thrive. Hello, and welcome to Experience Evolution, brought to you by Journey. I'm your host, James Kent. Today on the show, we're going to talk about the experience economy with a specific focus on appointments as a key business investment strategy for that all-important customer experience. Joining me today is John Fetterman, CEO of Journey, and Simran Boozer, founder and CEO of Tasbia. We're going to talk about the evolution of the appointment industry, current market trends, and applicability across industries. John and Simran, welcome to the program. How are you both doing today? I am great. Thanks very much. Doing great. Super. Simran, tell me about Tasbia, which is the Appointment Scheduling and Booking Industry Association. This is a fairly new endeavor for you, and I'd love to learn more about it, why you started it, and how is this beneficial for vendors looking to get more involved with appointment scheduling and booking? Absolutely. So I spent four years at an enterprise appointment scheduling company responsible for partnerships and business development. And during that time, I realized the value of what we were doing. And unlike some companies I've worked for in the past, I could actually explain it to my friends and relatives, <laughs> uh, which isn't always the case with uh, B2B companies. Um, I saw that many businesses just didn't understand the value of appointment scheduling. The providers of appointment scheduling, like my company, had common messaging. But overall, it was still sometimes difficult to convince those companies to see it as more than a nice-to-have feature. So I started the association last year with a twofold mission. Uh, first, to help the appointment scheduling, booking, queuing, and other similar technology providers that have common challenges, including uh, trying to get access to industry information and understand customer behavior. And secondly, to promote the use of appointment scheduling to anyone who is interested. This is primarily business customers. So the TASBIA site has extensive educational content, and it's all meant to help the businesses learn about the benefits of the solutions, but without the hard sell. <laughs> Once they're convinced it's a good idea, they can then go ahead and take a look at a comprehensive vendor directory, which can help them narrow down a solution for their particular business type, the geographical location, and even the language. For example, uh, a restaurant in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil is looking for appointment scheduling system. Specifically, they're looking for something that does restaurants, that supports Portuguese, has an office nearby, works in their native language. So they can go to the directory and select those things and get just those 10 or 12 companies that fit that criteria. Mm. Or another example might be a bank or credit union. They can first read about specific needs of that area, financial services firms with regards to scheduling. And then again, they can get a list of specific vendors that meet those needs in the languages and countries required. What's interesting is that one thing I didn't expect, because this was about a year ago, was the explosion of appointment scheduling, I guess, news, if you want to think about it that way, uh, due to the pandemic. And if you were watching, it wasn't always positive, right? All of right. a sudden, there's all these stories about people having problems. And I spent a lot of time working both behind the scenes and with the media to explain why things uh, didn't appear to be working, to help them understand what goes on behind the scenes, and specifically how certain policies and processes that they were doing needed to be adjusted to address the supply and demand problem, which was oftentimes at the core. That was in the early days of vaccination appointments, but it actually exploded and became a very critical issue for a lot of people. So 
it was interesting timing and I'm very happy that I'm doing this and it's uh, been very fun. So obviously there's a large need to educate businesses on appointments. Where do you see those efforts trending? More to small to mid-sized businesses or do enterprise scale companies still need education and appointments as an experience differentiator? I think the educational need is across the board. So on the TASBIA side, as I said, we have a learning area. And this is where people can learn about basic concepts and also how some of the big players like Facebook and Google and others fit into that because a lot of them you know, know those players. And in addition, we have a business area which focuses articles for, let's say, beauty and wellness or financial services or fitness, restaurants, medical, it goes on and on. And one of the great things about this industry is that there are companies that focus on very narrow verticals. For example, one company sells only to smaller nail salons which speak a certain language. I mean, it's that narrow sometimes. So in the small to medium-sized businesses, the challenge is often that companies don't see the value or they think they can get away with a manual process like sending back and forth mails. And by the way, the pandemic really opened people's eyes up on this when they realized it was kind of overwhelming. Hmm. Or they needed to convert in-person appointments to Zoom in a very short period and needed something that could literally save their business. With larger companies, uh, you'll also see where value is not recognized, but increasingly most larger organizations that have any type of person-to-person -person meeting, they've realized this is a core requirement. Uh, then the challenge may be the build versus buy decision. Uh, some think they can just whip up some appointment scheduling software, but oftentimes they realize it's way more complicated than they thought. And then at that point, the enterprise vendors can step in and help. And I actually do explain a lot of this on the TASBIA website. Speaking of the pandemic, uh, I think I speak for many when I say I'm looking forward to the day when we're not talking about it. Uh, but here we are. We're still talking about it. And it has had a dramatic effect on the way consumers in all sectors interact with businesses. Uh, what was the most significant appointment-oriented trend you saw coming out of the pandemic? You know, one of the things I think that's important to talk about here is that yeah, we're we're getting a little tired of talking about the pandemic, but I think it's important to note that these trends were firmly established before the pandemic. Interesting. And what we saw was just a tremendous acceleration. It gave businesses a way to continue to offer the, these personalized experiences, do it at a predetermined time, help to manage capacity, help reduce consumer anxiety, and do it all in a way that would deliver an experience not just an appointment. And so as we begin to think about the pandemic, and we're thrilled to hear the headlines every day that our lives are soon going to be approaching what, what people would, would characterize as normal, one thing that we're increasingly confident of is in that time, uh, in our relationships with major financial services institutions, with global retailers, We've seen the role of appointments become nice to have to must have. We've seen ourselves be classified as a tier three provider to a tier one provider. We've seen one top 10 U.S. bank go and increase their appointment volume by about 2,200%, meaning they were going from uh, you know, a really nice pace of increasing appointments, uh, maybe about 7,000 a month, which they were thrilled with, where, you know, this last month, they're looking at close to 300,000 appointments. Wow. And so the other thing that's happening 
is the average time of each appointment is going down while the productivity and conversion is going up. And, and that's due to a whole bunch of things, not the least of which is creating a customer journey on the front end that asks a lot of questions so that when that appointment happens, the associate, the banking associate, or the retail associate has all the information in hand. So that appointment is productive, it's personal, it's relevant, and it delivers an experience, as I said before, which is one that keeps people coming back. So, you know, the, this transition from pre-pandemic to pandemic to post-pandemic, I think it's been dramatic for all of us in a lot of ways, but what it's really done for people that are focused on being efficient and people who are focused on creating um, the best use of not just their time, but the best use of their uh, financial partner's time, the best use of the retailer's time, making sure they get to the crux of the issue more quickly, appointments have played an incredible role in that transformation. John, is so interesting to hear that because I think the other thing that underlies that is just a change in people's perceptions and their attitudes, right? Because you mentioned that a lot of these trends were happening, but you know, I think a big trend is that some types of meetings that people thought historically just had to happen in person, all of a sudden they realized, no, actually we can do it differently. And that is a really interesting mind change. So the other example of that would be uh, something a little more prosaic, uh, document notarization, right? Because that was something that was always very manual. You had to be there in person. And we had this little book that we signed. And all of a sudden with the pandemic, this is a major issue. People couldn't complete their legal transition uh, transactions. They couldn't buy a house. And very quickly, the states, from a regulatory standpoint, said, okay, now we can do this virtually. So that was interesting. And then all of a sudden, people are doing this. And as you said, once people get that experience of doing it differently and better and saving all this time, they go, I don't want to go back. So those are just two examples, but it's happened across the board. Yeah. You know, I want to jump in with, I guess, my own little personal uh, experience recently with appointments. I was doing something, I was consolidating some investments uh, for my in my financial portfolio and there was some tricky stuff and, you know, normally the website's always there to offer you, you know, here's a number to call or a chat bot comes up and says, can I assist you? And normally I'm like, ah, I can do it myself, but then I struggle and just hope for the best. Uh, but this time, I got an email from my financial services provider and they, they indicated that they saw that I was making some changes that might require some additional assistance. And if I had any questions, I could reach out or make an appointment. And I, I was thinking about that and, and the fact that we, you know, we were going to come together and have this conversation. I said, yeah, they're offering an appointment. Maybe I should follow up with a couple of questions on an email. And lo and behold, they called me. Uh, my financial advisor called me and said, uh, you know, what, what, what's the high level of what I can help you with? And I said, well, I, I really don't have time at the moment, but he said, let's book an appointment for when we can talk. And then the next thing you know, we had a scheduled appointment. There's a process with follow-up emails and uh, I was able to add it to my online calendar. And then we, we got together at the confirmed time. And within 45 minutes, I had everything done that I wanted to accomplish. And for my financial services provider, they got some additional business out of it. And that's where I really saw the power uh, on both sides of how the appointment, that experience really benefited me a lot, but it also benefited the financial uh, services provider by offering a service that I know was not in place not too long ago. 
Um, so, uh, you know, I'm now a gazillion percent on board with this endeavor, and, and I just thought it was pretty fantastic. I think your experience, though, uh, James, is what we're hearing as, uh, one, pretty typical, and two, the efficiencies are, are on both sides. The efficiencies for the consumer, obviously, because you're able to schedule your time accordingly, you're able to be really productive, you're able to get to the right expert at a time that you've predefined is convenient for you. But at the same time, that financial services institution is able to manage their staff better. They're able to staff uh, according to traffic and where people are going to want to be. They're able to staff according to expertise. They're able to staff in a way where they can put more appointments in a single associate's day because they're uh, predefined and they're so much more productive. So what we're finding is that the efficiencies that are being appreciated are absolutely on both sides of the coin here. And when we start thinking about returning uh, back to, again, that quote unquote normal, there's so many that have come forward. And by the way, these are our verbatims that are coming into our partners saying, you know, I'm never going back to the other way. Yes, I'd like to meet in person, but I want to do that on my terms. And I don't want to be standing in a waiting room. And if you need two people because there's a legal requirement in some financial services transactions, I want you to know that. I want the two people available. If I'm going to be asking about mortgages, I want an expert. If I'm going to be asking about wealth management, I don't want to be sitting with the mortgage expert. So the bottom line is it creates these efficiencies and this expectation of a level of service that people are not going to accept going backwards from. Yeah, that's a great point, John. And I think another very interesting element to the solutions you're talking about are that for the employees, they actually create a better experience, which by the way, you and I both know, not every technology brought into a company is something that they like. In fact, a lot of people feel like they're imposed upon when they say, hey, we're going to be using this new system of whatever type, right? And they don't feel like they're benefiting. But in this case, they actually can see the benefit. And I think that's one of the reasons why our industry here is really poised to grow because once people get a taste of that, both from the employee side as well as the customer side, they do certainly don't want to go back. So who are some of the companies you see doing innovative things with scheduling? I'd love to hear uh, some examples. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we talked about it before, but we're continuing to see it. If you take a look at anthropology and, and their, their wedding unit, Beholden, they have done some absolutely amazing things because if you start thinking about something that is as personal and as meaningful and and frankly as transformative to many brides as their wedding they want everything to be perfect they want everything to be special now that also means that you also want to find a way in that environment to you know be your best self you want to use your time you want to be a pleasant experience. And what we're hearing from Beholden, and most importantly from the brides-to-be, is that this personalization that they're getting, sending, you know, sort of images ahead of time of the kinds of things that you like, setting expectations in terms of budget, thinking a little bit more about a, a, a holistic experience in terms of what's it mean to my bridesmaids? What's it mean to the overall look and feel of, of the event that I'm hosting, the biggest event of my life? And what we're hearing from them 
is not only are the appointments taking less time, their conversion rate is going through the roof. So they're delivering a better, more personalized experience. The brides are feeling more heard, if you will, that they're not getting quote unquote sold as much as they're driving an appointment that is geared towards their likes and dislikes, their personal styles and interests. And what they're finding is that the whole experience is so much less stressful. And, and we've got, you know, a, a lot of comments from their own customers saying, you know, I had, I had first started wedding dress shopping a while back and it's night and day using an appointment because I walk into that appointment and everything's done. And it's a matter of enjoying the experience rather than stressing through a bunch of choices that just aren't going to be relevant to me. Yeah, it's, John, it's interesting because what you're describing is, is I think, another evolution of appointment scheduling where it's being integrated into an experience, right? So there's a clienteling element of this where they're looking at, there's a communication element where they're you know communicating with that, with that salesperson. And all of that is part of a continuum of which the appointment schedule you know, piece of it just feels very natural. And, you know, I was, you know, excited to learn another example that was uh, recently announced by Uber. They are partnering with Walgreens and it was to help people get uh, their COVID-19 vaccine appointments so they could actually go into the Uber app and directly schedule that uh, appointment, you know, with Walgreens um, and get the Uber. And some of that is also subsidized for people that would have trouble getting there. I, that was a very exciting example of where, I think two different technologies and companies have worked together and, you, you know, you don't think about Walgreens as being necessarily an appointment scheduling company, but the idea of that happening in the public space, I think is very important. Um, it's not a new idea in general, as you know, but, um, you know, to see it actually being worked on and then, you know, the idea of retail appointments or even things like combining e-commerce. So you order tires online, for example. And, you know, that's the online portion of things. And then, oh, wait a minute, I've got to actually get those tires installed. And all of a sudden that transaction, instead of doing it separately, is all part of one experience where you can schedule your appointment at the installer. And that's another example, again, of where two different sort of workflows are being combined together to make it really easy for the consumer. And I think that's a great trend, by the way. Are there industries that could benefit from appointments that you don't think immediately come to mind? Uh, you know, we've talked about some of the different industries that are using appointments like financial services and medical and obviously uh, retail is kind of a slam dunk. But what else? What, what aren't people thinking of in their industry that could really benefit from appointments? Well, before we get into the industries, I just want to make a comment. And John, I'd be curious of your thoughts on this. But I also see not necessarily an industry focus sometimes, but a functional focus. And one example of that is, uh, for example, recruiting. And it, we call it the interview scheduling problem. And anybody that's trying to schedule an interview for a job or something like that realizes that it's really complicated because you've got so many people involved. And there was actually a study that just came out that said 43% of candidates globally dropped out of a hiring process because of scheduling delays, which is just fascinating to me. Um, and I can absolutely believe that happens when you think about, again, the complexity. It's confirmed that the interview scheduling is a source of friction. And it's time consuming. And so I think like other uses of appointment scheduling, you know, using automation and recruiting can deliver some results that are far beyond just that improved efficiency and the time saved by that particular function, but it can have an impact on the brand. So again, that could be with any company. 
Right, any across any industry. Exactly. So I think you're going to see spreading not just within different verticals, but also just within companies trying to get their job done, if you will. First of all, I think that there is so much more to do in the uh, verticals that we're addressing at enterprise level. Yeah, um, we're we're constantly being asked to do more, to deliver more, to take a an appointment, and now for uh, purposes of financial services institutions. I need them recorded because I need uh, for compliance issues and regulatory issues. So I think what we're starting to see is rather than appointments being an add-on, the most exciting transition I'm seeing, and this you know is is relevant to virtually any industry, is the integration into the full business processes. In other words, it's not a standalone widget. It's now integrated into the CRM systems. It's integrated into the marketing infrastructure. It's integrated into all analytics and those dashboards which drive performance. As I said earlier, when you start to feel yourself transition from being you know, a tier two or a tier three provider to a tier one provider, what that signals is that you're integral to the operations of the business. So we're now having conversations in the insurance industry, and, and, and that's just a natural. Yeah. The medical industry is obviously a natural. And what we're seeing is that what was once a confounding part of the connection between buyer or seller um, or you know, user or provider, whatever the nomenclature is for each vertical, is now becoming integrated. And as you had your own experience, James, there's texts confirming, there's emails confirming, and then there's loyalty. There's follow-up. Did the appointment provide what you needed to? And there's closed-looped optimization. And one of the things that we find most exciting and, and a true differentiation between an SMB solution, and by the way, we're big believers that appointments are going to become a standard part of every business profile, small or large. The differentiation between the enterprise is there are certain requirements, whether it's info security, whether it's being multilingual, multi-time zone, multi-discipline that enterprises require. And there's a little bit of a no man's land. You've got your big enterprise application software providers who are adding on appointments as you know, a feature. And the best news for, for the category, frankly, is that they, they come up short. And, and the reason I say that is it underscores just how differentiated and how complicated the infrastructure of creating a scalable enterprise appointment solution really is. Uh, what we've done uh, ourselves at Journey and, and, and the industry is recognize that this transition means that all the requirements that every senior level enterprise buyer puts on every other kind of software purchase is now firmly part of the requirements in the appointment industry as well. Um, and frankly, we, we welcome that because the complexity is what delivers the value and makes it that you can truly be an integrated part of business process. I think that's a great observation. And John, I think that's one of the reasons why I 
decided that the association is uh, is timely because I think we need to raise our visibility and what we're doing is very important and as important as some of the other systems like CRM and others that are more recognized because of the things that are happening right now, but also because of the fact that, you know, this is a need and it's not something which has necessarily been highlighted in the past, but now people are recognizing it. And we see that with Google, Microsoft, Facebook, as well as the CRM providers, you know, who are all sort of jumping on the bandwagon. So I think you're absolutely right. And it's an exciting time to be in the industry, actually, because of that. Do you see any impediments to implementing appointment systems? I mean, is it is it that <laughs> awareness and education? Is it technology? Or is it the businesses themselves or the consumer? Or yeah. perhaps it's a combination of things? Yeah, what are the, your you thoughts? Know, that's such a great question. I mean, I don't think it's the technology or the capabilities. I think it's actually somewhat different. And, and I think I alluded to the fact that we're going through a, a change about our attitudes here. But I think within companies, one of the things that I've seen, and you know, I'd be curious about John's perspective on this, is that a lot of projects, and it doesn't matter what kind of project from technology you want to talk about, when they get implemented, you need to have buy-in. And so what I've seen is that sometimes a, a system is purchased for appointment scheduling that is a great idea, it's a champion, but doesn't go well. And it may be lack of training, it may be lack of understanding of the staff and employees, but it's one thing to buy the system, but it's a whole nother thing for the employees to sort of get it, to use it effectively, to see it as a benefit to them personally. And I absolutely believe that they will, but a lot of times that doesn't happen at the beginning. So, And the only way to overcome this really is with training, with doing some real world testing, and ultimately you show how appointment scheduling and a, a, a experience that's better really for the customers, consumers, as well as the employees can make their life easier. And they need to see examples of that. They need to, you know, maybe get a big sale. And I've seen this numerous times where people, for example, in a financial services that got some giant, you know, mortgage because of an appointment they never had before. And all of a sudden, oh, this is the greatest thing, right? You want to try to make them see, you know, through that process, how great it is for them. And uh, it takes a little bit of extra time. And also those individuals have to understand that their calendar has to be maintained. They can't just, you know, leave it all open if they're going on vacation, things like that. Simple right. things, but, you know, making sure that people understand the value and are participating in it. And I think that from what I've seen is one of the bigger impediments, but it's not something that can't be overcome. Yeah. I mean, the, the number one thing that moves things along, James, is a commissioned sales staff. <laughs> when a, a commissioned sales staff is able to demonstrate they're having more and better conversions and they're able to do more of them in a day. In fact, uh, in, in a recent study we commissioned with Forrester Research, what we found is that uh, one retailer felt that they saved their staff associates roughly 1,800 hours of time meaning that they were directing their efforts towards those with the greatest propensity to buy. Mm -hmm. Now, nothing puts a sales staff on alert, like knowing <laughs> they can use the same amount of time in their work week and make more money. And so from the consumer side, it felt great, but most importantly, from the associate time side, they embrace it. Because what they're able to do is use those eight-hour shifts and close a lot more sales and make a lot more commission. 
I mean, that's a great point. The other side of that too is that um, a lot of companies, and this is true of credit unions as an example, but also a lot of other organizations where the customer, in their case, they call the member satisfaction is quite important, right? And they really do measure how happy are our customers or our members. And when you can increase that, of course, you do get benefits, but they actually look at that. And we know that if we do appointment scheduling, you're going to have much more satisfied customers and members. You're going to have a higher NPS score. And ultimately that reflects on the value of your business, on your stock price, on a whole bunch of things. It's a little more indirect, but it's just as powerful in many ways. Bringing the uh, pandemic back in for a second, uh, we, we've mentioned how prior to the pandemic, right, appointments were happening, uh, people were using them, but because of the pandemic, there may have been this rapid acceleration, uh, you know, people due to social distancing and other health and safety related concerns, we're looking for appointments for those practical reasons to avoid waiting in crowds or just maybe things were closed and they couldn't. But now we're moving away from the pandemic. And the question is, will some of those behaviors remain in place driving the need for appointments? Or will some businesses have to shift their value propositions to make the appointment process more of a valued experience for the consumer? Maybe they were able to kind of get some easy wins because customers were looking for appointments for one reason. But now when the pandemic is you know, behind us, they're going to really need to look more on that experience and what they're offering in order to uh, get customers to continue with appointments. I, I'm reminded of a sign that I see on the door as I was walking by this hair salon. This is a couple of months ago, and it said, no walk-ins, our apologies, appointments only at this time. And that's a real sign. You could actually buy the sign online. It's so <laughs> common. And so you read that, and you're like, hmm, it's kind of mixed messages, right? But clearly, you know, that business felt forced, if you will, by the pandemic to move to appointment only model. I'm sure they'd like to see the walk-in option back. But I also believe very strongly that by offering appointments and in some way forcing their customers and their employees in, the, in some way to use that mechanism, many will continue to use appointments even after COVID passes, especially for businesses that never or rarely used appointments, but then forced to, it's going to be their customers that say to themselves, wow, that was actually much easier. And they're going to demand that option. And I think that that basic idea of the customers sort of saying, we want this, we need this, this is something you need to offer is what's going to push things forward. And it may have been absolutely accelerated by the uh, pandemic. These expectations of how you create a, a true omni-channel presence, we, we could have been having that very discussion two years ago. The world was heading towards omni-channel. And I think, James, you said it pretty well. This this hastened it. It didn't change it. And, you know, for instance, one financial services institution that we work with, it happens to be a top four global uh, bank. They had always done appointments, but they hadn't had a system. And one of the things that they showed us, you know, I think I mentioned the, the actual volume going through the roof, but the thing that was really interesting is that reduced their no-show rates by 63%. Wow. So what they were finding wasn't just that the appointments were being valued, but what they found is that the utility of their associates was literally going through the roof because for every one of those appointments uh, that didn't happen, you had an appointment blocked out where that associate wasn't doing another appointment. Right. And so by virtue of having the platform 
and you experienced it and you described it. One, between you and your wife, you gave the bank more business. But two, it had all the infrastructure in place that you didn't forget about it. You felt like you had made a commitment. And I bet, James, if something had come up because the technology was so obvious, you would have sent a cancel when you were prompted to confirm. And that's a game changer because when you walked into that appointment, you had a very prepared associate. And so much so, as you indicated, you ended up giving them more business. That's not an anomaly. That's the real value of an appointment economy. Yeah, I I mean, the difference for me uh, from the past, sure, a phone call might have taken place if I really needed help, and maybe it would have been that same person. But this was truly uh, an appointment where once we got together, I was you know, I was instructed you know to have my account up and he had access to see everything I was seeing and we were sharing screens and we were able to accomplish and show and walk through all the steps necessary so that I could feel very confident in what we were going to do. Um, and so I really looked at that as, wow, this has been an appointment experience. And I really thought about, like, I am now experiencing something different for me that I was used to. And I really enjoyed it. It's such a great story because appointment scheduling for a lot of companies had been in the past a checkbox item. In fact, the worst I ever saw was you went to a website that said, make an appointment. You clicked on it. You filled out a form that says, we'll be contacting you to make your appointment. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I seriously have seen stuff like that. It's so <laughs> yes. bad. That That's sort of the worst case scenario. But what John is talking about is really taking it from just being a function to being an integrated, highly valuable business process that's part of everything. And I think that is the trajectory that we're at right now. And, you know, it's exciting because I think it's an opportunity for people to have, you know, a much better experience as consumers with much more value and for those companies to reap it as well. So it's, uh, we're definitely have made a lot of movement, I would say, over the last couple of years, and this has accelerated it. Well, as we wrap up this episode, uh, I wanted to give both of you any uh, chance for any last thoughts you'd like to leave businesses and consumers alike on the topic of appointments, why they are important, where they can add value, or where this is all headed. Um, any thoughts? So, yes, you probably can tell I'm a believer in the <laughs> yes, value well, of these things. <laughs> I'd like to think that uh, Tasbia wouldn't have been founded if you were not a believer. Right. Yeah. And, on, and on the small business front, you know, I'm hoping this becomes kind of like taking credit cards. You know, you know, you go to a business and you expect you're going to be able to do that. And if you have a one-on-one kind of model with customers, if you don't have this, it's like not taking credit cards. I mean, it should be just a basic requirement. And we've seen actually, uh, interestingly, companies like Google launch something called Reserve with Google, which is a program that's been active for four years. And they actually facilitate appointment scheduling working with vendors. So they didn't do it themselves. But what they did is make it part of the Google search and maps experience. So you know, to me, that is an indicator that they're, this, and this will help socialize the idea of a make an appointment button on any business listing, right? We're finally starting to see that everyone who values their time, whether it's the, the business user, the, the, the consumer, they're demanding a better way to schedule appointments and to have that interaction in general. They don't want to waste time with back and forth. They don't want to show up at a retail store and wait in line. Um, and ultimately, I believe it's about the the consumer forcing this on the businesses. And the good news is that there are a lot of companies that can help the businesses to provide a great solution. So I, I hope that that only continues. Everything we're seeing and hearing in the industry points to appointments becoming the norm. 
the competitive disadvantage is not offering appointments. Mm. They continue to provide a, a, a considerable value to consumers. So it, if you think about it, it circles back to the importance of providing true omni-channel, personalized, frictionless experiences. And, and you don't get that personalization and human connection by just browsing products and services online or, frankly, in person. You get that when you are paired with an expert to help you shop for that new wardrobe or plan your next financial move and get the guidance that the brand can uniquely provide. At the end of the day, there's a reason that all commerce hasn't become pure e-commerce. Because at the end of the day, that personal experience is never going to go away. And when you see the transition of a chain of retailers going from hundreds of stores to maybe dozens, what they're saying is that each of those stores will be a flagship. Mm. Each of those stores will be designed from the ground up to deliver an experience. And when that experience delivers, when that experience responds to you as an individual, you're going to go back and you're going to create a tremendous sense of loyalty. And that sense of loyalty at the end of the day, like everything in life, is personal. Absolutely. Cimarron Boozer, founder and CEO of Tasbia. It was great having you on the show today. If folks want to learn more about Tasbia and what it can do for their business, where should they go for additional information? Well, of course, tasbia.com, T-A-S-B-I-A, and it's the Appointment Scheduling and Booking Industry Association, which is a lot to say. But uh, hopefully people can go there to learn what they would like to learn and then find some great vendors to help them out. Perfect. And John Fetterman, CEO of Journey, great to have you on again. If folks want to learn how Journey can help their businesses, where should they go? Come on over to journey.com, J-R-N-I.com. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and our newly launched podcast and become part of the journey. What can I say? <laughs> Super. Cimarron and John, thanks so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. That was great. Thanks a lot. And thank you for tuning in to Experience Evolution, brought to you by Journey. You can catch all our episodes, past and present, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so make sure you're subscribing to stay up to date on all the great content we have coming your way. I'm your host, James Kent. Let's talk again soon. <laughs>